this is like I usually do the intro and the outro in like post post production. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is really weird. I've never really done the intro in front of a guest before. So like no pressure. At least you're not like in the room with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's right. I won't be usually. I won't be embarrassed. <laughs> usually, when I record these things, you get for every good intro or outro that I record, you get three where I just end up tripping over my words and swearing a lot. Yeah, yeah. So this could you, you're this more could than welcome. all go to shit now. You're more than welcome to do it in post. I don't mind. <laughs> well, no, we'll get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life, and everything in between. I, as ever, am your host, Danny Randon. I wanted to start this episode with a very quick but very sincere thank you uh, to you, the dearest listeners. Um, last week, I was I was very reserved and quiet about it, but I put out a podcast with Ash. Who Woo! I don't uh, yeah <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this, but they are my favourite band ever. I was very understated about it. Um but in all seriousness, the response to it has been beyond anything I could have ever expected, really. Um whenever anyone reacts positively in some way, shape or form to the podcast or to any episode of it, it really reminds me of why I do this, why I put in the hours in sort of what little spare time I have to to bring you bitch and brew and when I was inundated with messages about last week's episode it was a really life affirming moment so it was truly kick ass so I thank you very much for that um of course if you haven't listened yet it's still up on all the usual platforms it's not going anywhere anytime soon so go and give it a listen if you please uh, it's a really great chat with a really great band um anyway on this week's episode this is bitch and brew number 24 and we're going to be deviating from normal broadcasting this week instead of me chatting shit with bands or music industry people i'm going to be chatting shit uh still but shit that adheres to a specific topic um, as we all know, we're in the middle of festival season, my favourite time of the year, and now we are less than three weeks away from 2000 Trees Festival. Uh, it's happening from the 12th to the 14th of July, and it's on Upcoat Farm, which is near Cheltenham in the lush surroundings of the Cotswolds. Um, so to celebrate the imminence of 2000 Trees, this is a big preview episode, and joining me for it is a man whose words you may have read printed in the pages of uh, Kerrang! magazine, and Planet Rock magazine among others he's a man I greatly admire both as a rock journalist and generally just as a bloody great bloke so coming to us from his palatial estate in Buckinghamshire uh, the effervescent, the exuberant the extraordinary James McKinnon, how are you doing buddy? I'm good, thank you for having me long time listener, first time caller (laughs) <laughs> I do feel like a bit of a shock jock with this, doing it over Skype, but it's cool, it's a little bit different. I've had a lot of bands on recently, so it's nice to finally get another industry scumbag on board. Yeah, exactly, it's nice to slum it every now and then, you know, get to appreciate what you really have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, have you got a beer on the mo- uh, on the go at the moment, mate? Have you got anything in your mug? I have. I have a mug of green tea, because I'm trying to cut down on caffeine. Green tea, any particular flavour? No, just just plain old green. Ah, oh, see, I struggle with that a little bit. I have to get one of those flavoured green teas. Yeah, I don't... Like the sort of caramel one or something. I don't go in for flavours. Like, I'm very, very basic. But um, but it's usually, it's usually coffee for me, but it is, like, 7 o'clock, which is probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, I've got a... Br- I-, I was running a little bit late, so I had time just to get a nice cold can of Diet Coke... 
but I'll probably have a brew after this. Very, so very I'll, fancy, I'll share very with fancy. the list. Yeah, I know. Well, nothing beats a Diet Coke in this weather. It's lovely down here at the moment on the south coast. Um, but anyway, moving on to uh, 2000 Trees and uh, yes. our, our big preview, or should I say our tree view. No, you should you should never say that. No one should oh. ever say that. <laughs> no, was it I your like first it, time there? Was it your first time there last year? No, my first time there was um, two years ago in 2016. Okay. Um, so that was the year that uh, Twin Atlantic um, headlined one day, as they're doing this year again. But on the other night, it was the Bronx and refused. So it was Fucking pretty. Hell. Yeah, it was as good as it sounds. It was absolutely. Um, fantastic it was phenomenal yeah um and i was won over immediately yeah i bet absolutely first time seeing refused i assume as well oh yeah yeah <laughs> we were both a bit I'm too young for the first coming <laughs> <laughs> um well we definitely bu- we bumped into each other last year which will i'm sure because you've been threatening to talk about it when we're doing this but um uh, what 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 did you kind of take away from the the last couple of years that you've been to 2000 trees festival what, what did you kind of take away from the the general vibe of the festival uh well it's definitely become one of my favorite um stops of the uh, festival season mainly because of its size i mean like the bands they put on are always pretty good and they do a good job of actually ferrying in um, younger up-and-coming talent which is a really terrible industry term to use but it's true it's true there are loads of young hmm. talented bands that they get on there but it's mainly the um, the size you don't get that massive um, swell of anonymity that you get at a larger festival like Download or Reading and Leeds where people get a bit out of hand and um, you kind of think whatever because you know you're probably not going to bump into um, anybody ever again but the fact of the matter is that if you're around there for three days you're probably going to bump into the same people all the time and everybody's usually pretty cool and it's just um, yeah a really nice relaxed vibe and the band seem to really enjoy it as well so um, and it's also nice to be able to walk from one stage to the furthest other stage in about 10 minutes tops, I know it's rather, great isn't it yeah rather than having to get a buggy or something which i've never done but <laughs> one can dream no it was it was uh, i went for the first time last year and it was it was the third festival that i went to um during festival season because festival season was very work heavy for me last year bitch and brew was kind of uh, mm-hmm. on on a bit of a hiatus i was doing a lot of uh, writing uh, during festival season so you know, mm-hmm. in terms of comparisons to other festivals that I've been to that year, because first of all, I went to Slam Dunk Festival, and I think you were there as well, weren't you? I was, um, yes. And, uh, you know, it was very... You've been to Slam... You know what Slam Dunk's like. It's very fast-paced, and it's only a one-day festival, and it's yeah. arguably the biggest festival that's solely for our scene uh, in the general London vicinity. Um, I wouldn't necessarily count... Reading and Leeds to be exclusive to our scene anymore? Um, uh, no, no, that's that's true. I mean, I'd say downloads the um, the biggest one. Things like downloads and um, Hellfest, but I guess that's um, more Kerrang's remit than yeah. um, things are like upset. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it's sort of the, the the biggest one for our scene in the London vicinity, more specifically. Yes. I know it's yes. Hertfordshire, but it's kind of you know close enough to London. So behind it's a the scenes. Right away. Behind the scenes, it's very intense and very press-oriented because you've got all the international bands over for like 
the first time possibly in the year altogether and you know you're just trying to get all your interviews in it uh, during slam dunk so mm-hmm. that was a very uh you know different experience to 2000 trees as was uh download festival you know it's, that's kind of the big kahuna in it's terms of rock it's festivals <laughs> yeah it is very tiring but there was some huge payoffs obviously because it's it's fucking donnington at the end of the day mm-hmm. and uh, you feel very grateful to be there and then you get to 2000 trees and straight away it has quite possibly the best festival atmosphere i've ever experienced um because it's small but it's not too small it's really wonderfully laid out as you mentioned earlier um, like the surroundings of the Cotswolds are, are really breathtaking. It doesn't matter that you have fuck all phone signal all weekend at all. Um, and they they seem to really nail the beautiful little touches to the festival site, which I think is kind of overlooked when it comes to a festival. Like even down to the food vendors they get on site and uh, when you go into the forest where they have the acoustic sessions, all the bunting and fairy lights are up and it's just, it's very picturesque. Yeah. I really fell in love with that place and um, it's also family friendly, I, I guess you could say, but not... I, I completely agree, yeah. Going back to the um, sort of lack of, you don't get a whole anonymity thing and also um, there's no arena area so the camping is the same. Yeah space that you have the stages within reason um so they allow you to bring in like your own alcohol and your own food and stuff because you know you're in the middle of nowhere you're going to run out at some point anyway you're going to end up you get to rock up with a big bag of cans yeah exactly exactly and (laughs) um but it's not laddie in the way that a big bag of cans would lead you to suggest um (laughs) but yeah it's it's totally um it's one of the few festivals i've been to where i'd think like yeah i'd probably be comfortable taking kids here because um everybody's pretty um it's pretty laid back relaxed nobody's going absolutely crazy um except if you're watching the bronx to refuse of course um, <laughs> but that's a, a controlled detonation rather than just a general waste yeah. of uh yeah i can't excess. imagine a lot of family picnics during employed to serve or oath breakers mm. last year well you never so know it's family friendly to an extent yeah yes true <laughs> true enough yeah um, so this year's lineup. Uh, bef- before we go into it, what are your thoughts on the lineup as a whole? Um, I think, I think it's probably not the um, the strong. I say the strongest year I went to was probably twenty sixteen because it was it was the tenth um, year and they had really um, sourced a lot of great bands. But you know there are loads of um, great bands this year. I'd say in terms of headliners, it's definitely stronger than last year. Like, right, like last I would year. Agree. Last year headliners were Mallory Knox on the Thursday, Nothing But Thieves on the um, Saturday, and uh, Slaves on the... Um, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. So it goes Thursday, Friday, um, Saturday. So, yeah, it yeah. went Mallory Knox, Nothing But Thieves, Slaves. Um, this year, we've got um, At The Drive-In, Twin Atlantic, and Enter Shikari, like bands which are really, really um, not, not put on like, a massive show in terms of energy. So... Yeah. I think um, certain terms of headlines is a much stronger year for me personally, anyway, for my tastes. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, like you know, like like because they could have said that it was co-headlining between Frank Carr and the Rattlesnakes and nothing but thieves all they wanted, but at the end of the day, nothing but thieves yeah. went on last. So you know, it, it's and, and yeah, Slaves co-headlining with Lower Than Atlantis. So you know, but as as much as they say it's a co-headline, it was very much Slaves and nothing but thieves headlining and. Um, yeah, I would say 
Uh, the thing about 2000 Trees is it, it doesn't really matter that the headliners aren't all 10 out of 10. Because we'll go into this in no. a bit. I don't think all the headliners are, uh, are particularly fantastic this year. I, I would yeah. say, you know, I'm only really, uh, as in genuinely looking forward, really excited about seeing uh, one of those headliners mm-hmm. uh, this year. Which and, one's that? Um, Adam Driven? Uh, no, and Shikari. Oh, right, okay. I'll, I'll go into it in a bit why. But, yeah, um, yeah. What, what's nice about 2000 Trees, they're very handy with avoiding clashes, Mm. Um, I mean, not entirely, because there are some fucking horrible clashes this year, um, and uh, which we'll get into in a bit as well. But it always seems like 2000 Trees has their finger on the pulse with new bands, especially with the uh, with the new stage, spelt N-E-U. But, the, um, noi- the noise stage. The noise stage, yeah, let's go for that. Um, yeah. But before we go into uh, the lineup, what we're going to do in this special is uh, go day by day, we'll talk about the main stage headliner for a bit, we'll do a roundup of the bigger bands playing the festival um, and by the way, uh, if you're wondering, the way we gauged the bigger bands is if they had their logo on the lineup poster or not so if you go onto 2003's Facebook page or whatever, then you can see which ones have their logo on the page and which just have their names printed yeah. in the standard font um, and then we'll go a little more in depth on the smaller bands playing because at the end of the day it's part of the uh, bitch and burritos to champion those bands and if us raving about some band to the point at which you go and check out their set and you come away having found your new favorite band then i suppose our work is done here yeah so, that, that's definitely something that 2000 trees is um good at doing as well i mean i know i've heard i've heard some people's um sort of of the london scene say you know well there are a lot of bands there that i could see in London at any point and I suppose that's um, true but they do put on a really really good range of bands and they're all in one place and especially if you don't live near London it's really great to be able to um, to see those kind of um, bands and especially the kind of energy you get flowing in from one to the other which I'm sure we'll go into. Absolutely so let's crack on with the the Thursday it's only it's t- it's more than a half day, but it's not quite a full day, as it were. So it's a smaller mm-hmm. lineup, um, but there is by no means a reduction in the quality. So I suppose we should start with headlining the main stage, as you mentioned earlier, at the drive-in, and it's a UK festival exclusive set. It's yeah. been about a year now since the release of uh, their album Into Alia, which kind of indicates that at the drive-in are, are sticking around for a little while longer than they have done with their previous uh, reunions. So. I've not seen at the drive-in yet. Um, have, I, have. I assume you you have, and mm-hmm. I assume you were were you sort of a big fan of at the drive-in uh, around the time of relationship and command when it first came no, out. No, not not at all, not at all. I um, I mean, I, I was very much into what was that like two thousand one? I think that album came out. I was definitely into yeah. classic rock at the time because I was right. Okay, like, <laughs> I, I think. Mean, at the time, Queen was my favourite band. That was like where I was at at that stage. Um, you so, mean Queen isn't your favourite band now? Uh, no, no. It's Pearl Jam, which is probably like the classic rock um, uh, Seattle band anyway. But um, yeah, but I love them. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, at the drive-in, I um, I've seen twice. I saw them at um, a festival in Belgium called Rock Vector in 2016, and okay. I was completely blown away it was just when they'd kind of gotten back together in earnest before actually recording in Teralia. um and yeah they were absolutely 
phenomenal amounts of energy and I saw them last year at Leeds Festival as well and um, yeah for a live band kind of like the um, Frank Carter thing who obviously takes some inspiration from bands like At The Drive in it's like completely combustible it's mm. um, and very provocative um, Cedric goes absolutely apeshit all of the time and it always seems like it's on the verge of collapsing but never it managed to just hang in there nowadays I think they managed to hang in there um, right okay the only thing is is that um, when I saw them at uh, Leeds last year and in retrospect possibly this was a little bit the case of Rock Verkter as well is that they don't tend to fare massively well in terms of um, turnout at festivals. Or maybe maybe this was just Leeds last year, but it was pretty empty, and they were on the main stage. I, I heard about that, and it I, was I, I, it was a complete travesty, is what it was. It yeah, was, and they don't, um, and you know, they put in the same amount of energy, and they're uh, very, um, I don't, I don't know oppositional like very uh, in your face about it so i think they don't pull any punches but i think they definitely fare well when they've got an audience that is familiar with them in terms of actually getting like you know the full um extent of their energy across so i think it'll be right. interesting to see what the um turnout is like at 2000 trees hopefully since they're like the last band that's on um since the last full band that's on um they'll kind of have a captive audience so to speak so yeah well what do you think of interalia uh i like it yeah 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 i can't really say much more than that it wasn't one of my favorite albums of last year um no but... it was well far far from i i kind of listened to it i, I having not really been kind of old enough for the for the sort of first coming of at the drive-in mm. uh, i'm kind of going back retrospectively and i think the first thing i ever saw was like that um video of them playing one arm scissor on jules holland yeah, yeah. and uh, with cedric lobbing the plastic chair at robbie williams that's pretty um, much what it's like it, it, so, because I, I don't know whether it's the company that I keep, but um, I've heard a lot of scepticism about the whole live show in the reunion. I, I wonder whether it's just perhaps the first time they got back together as a live band and uh, it didn't go so well. Um, but um, I, 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 from what I've heard, apart uh, up until now, I, I've not been very pumped for this headline set. Should I? Are they going to prove me wrong? Do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I reckon. I reckon so. I mean, um, I think you already dig it, like especially okay. like, the amount of energy they put out. Yeah, I think you'll um, dig it. I think just as I say, depends whether it was. Um, it's kind of similar to the Refused thing in 2016, and Refused had a massive crowd for them, and people were going absolutely bonkers. So perhaps it will be the same thing again. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I think 2003 is definitely going to, like with the Refused crowd, a lot of people who were either there for the first incarnation of Refused and have come back again, or indeed a lot of people who, like myself, that became fans when they released Freedom, which is, you know, uh, as I was listening to Inter Ali, I was very much like, yeah, this is fine, but Refused put out a better album. Mm. So, you know, um, but um, so from at the drive-in, we'll go through some of the bigger bands, uh, some of the smaller bands than at the drive-in, but bigger bands on the bill. The bands as that, I've already... Yeah, the bands that could afford like a better font on the poster. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because I've already explained this enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so moving on to the band that I am 
saying this now, I'm probably more excited for this band than any other band the entire weekend, and that mm-hmm. band is Turnstile. Yep. Um, are, are you are you feeling the same? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> I th- I think we can all agree that is probably like the biggest um, blag that um, 2003's managed this year, along with um, <laughs> at the drive-in. I think them managing to secure a Turnstile is like a pretty big draw for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, in the last few weeks, especially because I I I've barely put down the new album Time and Space. I kind of I listened to it when it came out and I went, yeah, this is this is very very good. And then I kind of went back to it a few weeks ago and I've barely put it down since. And I watch a lot of I've I've not seen Turnstile before. Uh, have you no, seen them yet? No. no. I watch a lot of live videos of them on YouTube and um, I love the way that they can make the biggest stage. Uh, feel still like a sweaty hardcore basement show and I think they're just going to tear shit up to the max yeah Um, that's definitely where they're coming from they're definitely sort of um, rising above at this stage so it'll be interesting to see um, how far they'll uh, bust out above that um, level but certainly at the moment it's a good time to see them definitely absolutely especially in where they're in this sort of weird uh, a good weird like a weird uh, transitional phase where time and space is bringing in some more straight up rock elements with songs like moon and I don't want to be blind mm-hmm. where you know that's going to draw people in who may not necessarily be like into straight up hardcore like they're not going to have to be a fan of you know sick of it all uh, no, that's, to, that's completely right. to enjoy it's, it's a turnstile show it's super accessible yeah mm. so yeah turnstile I'm super pumped for uh, marmosettes they are becoming proper, proper rock stars now. And that's so awesome to see, especially Becca. I mean, I didn't see their main stage set at Download this year. I know neither of us were at Download this year, and mm-hmm. we're both kind of feeling pretty sore about it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but the album's grown on me. It's The the way it's grown on me is, is nuts. You know, it's very much, again, listening to it when it came out and going, this is very, very good. And then it really getting me hooked in over time. I think seeing it live on their tour back in February really helped with some of the songs, like songs like Lost in Translation and Start Again, which are going to sound absolutely massive on the main stage at Trees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, something um, somehow I've never managed to see Marmosets live yet. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Holy Somehow, shit! I don't know. Like at all the festivals, like I've seen them at, I've um, not, or rather, not seen them at. I've been like elsewhere or on a different stage or what have you. So, um, right. so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, to seeing how they go, how they go down. I think it's really cool that they're um, on the main stage just before at the drive-in. Um, yeah, which I think is um, part of what um, 2000 Trees does uh, really well is. Um, give people those chances to headline a stage, um, even a smaller stage, at a um, you know, um, much more low stakes level. And the same thing on the main stage. I actually have a go on the main stage and um, see how you fare and kind of be put forward to other bigger festivals. Um, I mean, I think that uh, Creeper were on the main stage in 2016 before they were on the main stage at Download in 2017. So, um, yeah. so it's interesting that uh, Marmosets were um, on the main stage at Download this year before Trees. So, I mean, it's really, um, yeah, it's just really cool. 
Awesome, and and they've written a, a collection of fucking kick-ass festival ready rock songs but they're still kind of they've got those weird little marmosets touches to it and i think in front of the at the driving crowd they're going to go down an absolute storm um arcane roots now i've not seen arcane roots uh for a good what it's been well over two years now since i last saw arcane roots oh right um, so not since melancholia hymns came out then yes which as as you know if you listen to the albums of the year special uh charted very high in my top 10 i think it was like number mm-hmm. five or something because it was fucking incredible and i cannot wait to see what they um do with those sort of electronic and atmospheric elements and how they add that to the live show which is already fucking insane the way they uh the way they manage to pull off the uh the meaty riffs that they do in their live show um uh, are you are you keen on arcane roots as they are at the moment i i like them but i've seen them a lot like right okay a lot over the last two years so um and i've seen them uh twice since the album came out um i think so i gotta be honest i'm not um really stoked to see them personally but yeah i mean people should definitely check them out they're um they're a good they're a great band yeah well uh i suppose if you like arcane roots then uh black peaks headlining the cave stage now are you a little bit more excited for that one i am yeah definitely i mean i saw them um, at the Horn in St Albans back in the beginning of May, and that was the first um, tour they'd done in a while. And each time, yeah. each time, like I've gone away from not seeing them and then see them again, it's always such a reminder of what a tight and incredible band they are, and especially just Will's voice. Like I can't. Oh my god, it's incredible! Isn't there really it? is no overstating that voice. It's um, it's just and otherworldly forces one of those voices that comes along um like a couple of times in a generation maybe like of um, mm. musicians there'll be a very very distinctive voice and will totally has that so um so yeah and again you know he's headlining they're headlining that stage which is um a huge deal um and it'll be great to see um how um yeah how they fare headline but i think the biggest thing is that means that in terms of running order for that day you can go from Turnstile to Marmosets to Black Peaks to At the Drive-In. Fucking hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't think... Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to get the get through the next two days after that, especially considering that I'm seeing Turnstile at Boston Music Rooms on the Wednesday, the day before, so... Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to be um, I'm gonna be a broken man uh, by the time Saturday rolls around. No, by the time <laughs> Friday rolls around even, so I'm going to have to... Um, you're gonna to have to help me with that, I think. I think I, I think I, I, I'll, uh, I'll hold you up and then throw <laughs> you over the crowd, maybe. <laughs> we didn't talk about what happened. Thank you. We didn't talk about what happened last year during Mentingers, uh, did we? Because you were only there for one day and you were driving, but I was very much canned up. Yeah, you um, were. You were. I'd you'd had been a, there for the whole shebang, so um, you had. Uh, I'd had a two few beers. Previous. Yes. Just a few, and. Um, and instead of me being the drunken idiot, you were the sober idiot and managed to tackle me to the oh, ground yeah, yeah, like, during um, Bad Catholics yeah, when I mean, Menzingers dr- were headlining the cave stage. Well, dr- uh, I mean, uh, drink has really very little to do with it. It's more just what the Menzingers do to me as a person. Um, <laughs> no, well, actually, I've been... Um, I've been saving, like, the one cider that I could have all day for that um, set just because... I love the Menzingers. They're just such a 
great band to um, just sing your guts out to with Complete Strangers, and I promptly lost about half of my side at the moment the mosh pit started. So it was um, it was perfect, really. And yep, I I came out. I was very pleased to see you, and I uh, decided to engage in some amateur wrestling, which I'm sure there'll be um, more of next this year. Actually, um, I've, I've I've been practicing. I've been practicing. <laughs> Don't you worry. Should I be worried? <laughs> Worry, yeah, okay. you should, especially during Turnstile. We'll see what happens. I'll have to do. A, <laughs> I'll have to do like a Rocky montage between now and when I see you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and we also saw um, the Menzingers in the Forest Sessions earlier in the day, and that was absolutely lovely. Which Where so, there was no wrestling whatsoever, just us sat no. down in a forest having a lovely time. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very. Um, I don't think it would get on um, WWE or anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean well, that's another great part of um, 2000 Trees. I'm sure we've said is that um, you know having the acoustic sessions going on throughout the day and a lot of second sets from other um, bands um, totally gives you maybe another side side of them. More so, it gives you an opportunity to sit in a lovely um, wooded copse and uh, enjoy some good music and interestingly we mentioned slam dunk earlier you weren't there for um south this year but they changed the venue of it so that it's now mm. the grounds of hatfield house which is close to the station so you don't have to um be, oh thank um, fuck for that yeah so a lot of people were pleased of that but because it's in um you know a big ground it did feel a little more 2000 treesy and the acoustic stage they had there was in the middle of a copse of trees so Ah, so they're they're starting to get they're starting to get a little bit wary of the power of the forest sessions at trees. Yeah, uh, (laughs) that's the only conclusion I can draw, apart from being coincidence. (laughs) But (laughs) but it's a good thing. It's a good development. A couple more of the bigger bands before we go into the the smaller bands for Thursday. Um, So from Black Peaks to Black Foxes. Well, um, it's a good it's a good day if you like black in the name of bands. I mean, yeah. Black Sabbath are not playing, um, but, no. but you know, I don't think we can hold that against them. And Big Black aren't playing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Shellac are playing Arctangent, which is the sister festival to Southern Trees, so... Yeah. Um, well, Black Foxes, they've made, um, they've made leaps and bounds in their live show, and on record for that matter, I'm a huge fan of the... Um, of of Ratey, their new record. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's time for them to take that really raw energy that they have live and put it on the bigger festival stages. I reckon because um, I think I'm right in saying that they're on the main stage. So I think if it's the right time of day for them, it's not too uh, it's not too early as um, people are arriving. They go on about uh, twenty to four. Okay, not too bad. So. Yeah. Yeah, they they were amazing last year in the um in the Axiom, which is the the smaller of the two sort of main tents, and um and they were phenomenal. So I really think it is time for them to take it to the to the bigger festival stages, and uh, finally uh, Boston Manor. Um, if there is any band of whom my opinion has changed dramatically over the last couple of years, it's Boston Manor. They've gone from a band who I'm very indifferent towards to being 
just a great alternative rock band. I'm very excited for the new album and to hear some uh, some new tracks uh, live, generally. Um, and they are a fucking great live band as well. I only managed to catch a little bit of them at Slam Dunk last year, but they finished on uh, Leica, their single, and it was just a massive moment where I felt like they really took it to the next level. So I'm very excited to see a full Boston Manor set. Yeah, I totally agree with both of those, and um, yeah, I saw them um, do the same set, Slam Dunk, um, last year, and I totally agree, it definitely was one of the highlights of the day, where you just see them totally harnessing the energy of the crowd and really evolving, um, mm. so so yeah, I, to- I totally agree with those. The other, I guess the last um, band with black in the name that's um, on that level is um, Black Honey, who... Uh, I'm not mm. mass. I'm not massively familiar with, but I checked them out. They're um, a band from Brighton, and they've just got a really good um, sort of shimmery, 80s tinged guitar rock kind of thing with um, loads of um, really glossy vocal melodies. And uh, yeah, I was I was really um, quite taken by it. So I'm looking forward to checking mm. them out. Yeah, I'd like to see a full set of theirs at long last as well because I've I think I've I've been to a couple of gigs where they've supported mm. and just in general the time I've been getting into the venue and by the time I've been to the bar and said hello to everyone it's uh time for them to play a favorite song of mine. Thank you. We've been Black Honey. Good night. <laughs> um I'm, <laughs> so I'm I'd like to maybe song catch personally, but you know. <laughs> and uh and fine if we're doing all the bands uh, uh quick uh shout to Turbo Wolf as well who I did catch a tiny bit off at Teddy Rocks and it's uh, it's all charisma and all fun with that band so um, if you like your, your funky rock and roll with tons of personality then uh, Turbo Wolf are definitely a band for you to see yeah um, it's, it's definitely um, I, th- I think I saw I saw them um, at the tail end of last year, or maybe it was the beginning of this year but I did put in my reviews that it's pretty much the most fun you can have with your pants on so yeah it's <laughs> you'll be guaranteed a good time right and moving on ah oh, yes it's time to t- it's time to talk about fucking palm reader let's go in for it um are you a palm reader fan at all uh yeah yeah totally um it's um it's interesting because uh they uh they were due to play last year and then they um had to pull out of their set from remembering right so employed to serve um filled in uh, I think Am what I happened is right? um, no Slutface pulled out and Palm Reader did a last minute. Set. That was it. That was yeah. it. I got and totally I missed the other it. Unfortunately, um, I mean I'm not being biased at all because they are going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they are they are lovely men. But uh, honestly, one of the outstanding British heavy bands of recent years and. Um, at the at the risk of sounding like our good friends over at That's Not Metal, one of the most underrated heavy British bands at the moment. Um, it's outrageous how much energy goes into their live show, and I think uh, it's it's time for them to really show that on a much bigger stage. And um, the album's amazing. And yeah, listen listen to them on Bitch and Brew in a couple of weeks' time. Definitely not a plug. Go go listen to that though. Um, no, no, not plug at all. Obviously. <laughs> um, let's talk about Prestamico. Now, um, this one, again, it's a little bit of a personal one for me because Prestamico come from the same sort of hometown scene as me. So it's amazing to see how far they've come from the days of them playing the Horsham Youth Centre to playing things like 2003. Is that, is that a wee shout out there? It was a little the wee Horsham shout Youth out. Horsham Youth Centre massive. 
absolutely yeah it's still alive still alive they don't haven't had gigs there for about six years i think my band was the last band to headline horsham youth center <laughs> so so you know i'm taking that I'm, I'm i'm gonna be proud of it but um yeah prestamico they're still so unique in terms of what they do with mixing those those three-part vocal harmonies which are just like pure pop um with those those big fat like I, I don't know if you can call it gent. I think that's like a term that's like a few. I years like that you date. put a very French accent on that. Gent. I mean, gent. Yeah, I love it. Rather than de gent. gent. Yeah, yeah. Well, de not, gent. not de gent. You know, it's it's a silent. It's not a completely silent de, but um, the the d is silent. That's a Django Unchained reference for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, no. This, way, goes, the, this conversation's going to deteriorate. The, <laughs> the vocal harmonies uh, that they do mix, though, um, along with those, uh, you know, those riffs, they're just as uh, tight live as they they are on record. And you know, they've opened for Arcane Roots and and Black Peaks and other bands who are playing on yeah, this day before. So, uh, if you do, if you do like those bands, go and check out Prestamico because it's a little bit more. Chorusy and melodically orientated, but it's got plenty of uh, plenty of meat to its bones that I think you'll uh, that I think you'll enjoy if you're into those bands. Um, I am also want to give a quick. <laughs> oh, oh, are you not? Are you not fast no, or not really? No. Oh, okay. Right. Well, shall we move on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't have much more to say on that I'm just largely indifferent but may, maybe they'll prove me wrong but they are on the same time as Black Foxes so I may not see them oh oh, that's tough mm, you know what yeah. I was saying about those mean clashes yep yeah yeah. Um, well I want to give a, 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 before I hand over to you um, uh, if you have any other bands I just want to give a quick shout out to um, Vukovi and it may seem a little bit weird I'm going to present a bit of, d- of a uh, defence for Vukovi, because um, I think a lot of people who might listen to this might look at Vukovi and listen to him for a few seconds and go, because it is, it is very colourful and it can be a little bit wacky at times. It but... is like having Smarties assaulted at your eyes. <laughs> and your ears. Um, in a good I can't way, ha- I, I can't think of a, a better way to put it, really. The album was very good. And um, and then I saw it uh, live a couple of weeks after the album was released. It was right after Slam Dunk. And there was a whole new level of personality added to the, added to the song's live. I think Janine is... Um, again, another rock star of a front woman. She When she comes out in however much glitter and whatever uv leotard she's gonna choose to wear that day she comes out looking like i think i i like referred to it once as like space age gwen stefani when she comes out that's that's Um, pretty cracking i mean it is it is very sort of david bowie-ish the kind of um just the out there colors and persona going on maybe maybe persona is the wrong word but certainly she puts across such like an otherworldly um Figure. Um, no, totally. Yeah, Vukovi are just like David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. For fans of David Bowie, <laughs> I will never work again. <laughs> no, um, uh, I, I think if you um, like, like what you said about the family element earlier, I think if you, if, you know, a younger crowd were to walk into Vukovi, uh, people who are fans of like, you know, what Don Broca have done the last couple of albums, or even like Latter Day Paramore. I would say, um, 
I think they'll walk in and they'll just see this band playing this big, bouncy, poppy rock music, and I think they'll love them. I, I certainly did when I saw them last year, because I saw them at Trees last year as well, and they came out, and when they were playing songs like Prey and Weirdo, they just sounded huge. So, you know, trust me when I say you're going to want to go and see Vukovi if you get the time. I, th- uh, I think that'd be great. I think 2000 Trees is certainly the right festival for them in the kind of crowd we're talking about, as you say, and just just generally people up for having a very, very good time. Um, yeah, yeah, they're great bags of energy, bags of personality. Can't fault them. Yeah, I love them. Did you, did you have any other bands from the Thursday you wanted to talk about at all? Well, I'm surprised you didn't talk about Brutus, personally, knowing that you're... Um, oh, fuck yes, a, yeah, no, I know why I left records, out Brutus. Um, man. Yeah, no, Brutus are... Um, definitely one of the best bands I've seen this year. I saw them uh, supporting Russian Circles um, recently, so it was just one massive cataclysm of um, noise and volume, but um, but yeah, Bruce's for a three-piece kick out like a hell of amount of um, dynamic noise. I mean, if you like the thing is, I, I liken them to Mogwai in a lot of ways. They don't sound anything like Mogwai, but just right, yeah. they draw so many different Influences from post rock to post punk, and um, their singer, who is terrible, I can't remember their name at the moment, but she, uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you. Yes, she was absolutely like incredible. Just her voice, it, like, could shatter glass. I was surprised that my glasses were still on me at that point. Um, <laughs> but no, there, um, I am going to be down there because it's going to be absolutely amazing. Absolutely, yeah. And the way she, you know, the, what you're saying about Stephanie's voice, the way the way she managed to let off those notes while giving off some mean blast beats, oh yeah, is 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 crazy. I, yeah, I'm big big on Brutus, and um, you know, it's their second year in a row at 2000 Trees, and they went down an absolute storm last time. And I'm not just saying that because I'm like, you know, Hassle Records alumnus. Well, I brought um, up, so yeah, no, absolutely, we'll put Brutus. It down as that. Uh, any, anyone else, or is that your Thursday covered? Uh, well, on the Forest Sessions, we've got um, Sir, who are a um, uh, sort of grungy three-piece from Bristol, and they're, they're just full of, like, you know, really catchy hooks, but they're only doing the um, the Forest Sessions. Right, okay. So, you know, certainly if um, I might head down there and uh, see how they do on acoustic. And I guess the last thing is um, Dave McPherson from In Me will be doing um, oh, yeah. a post at the drive-in um, Forest Session and... Um, He's just um, he's just a really good bloke and um, plays really good music. I mean, that's the mm. lamest. That's possibly the lamest thing I've ever said, but sometimes that's all there is to <laughs> no, say about I saw it. Him. So it'll be a good way to um, to cap off that day, I reckon. I, I saw him opening for um, uh, the Wild Hearts. Uh, well, Ginger and CJ when they did their mm-hmm. acoustic tour. I saw yeah. Dave opening for them last year. Tons of personality and, a, and an incredible singer. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, right, so moving on to uh, the Friday. I nearly said Saturday there because I'm I'm so, so not used to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. But I kind of like it because it means you have the Sunday to to drive home, and you know I would rather take a three day week before trees, and then have the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you know have time to recover on the Sunday. Otherwise, my body clock will clock will get all messed up. So yeah. you know. I appreciate that. Um, right, so the Friday um, headline, and we've got Twin Atlantic. Yeah. And when it was announced, 
I think I, I don't think it's unfair to say that there was a fairly lukewarm response uh, to it. It's only been two years since they last headlined, and it seems to me like Two Thousand Trees may not necessarily be the type of festival to bring headliners back so quickly. I don't think it's particularly unfair of me to say. I think people had their fingers crossed for it being uh, the Gaslight Anthem. <clears throat> I certainly did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do, do you think that's particularly unfair to say? Um, well, they brought back headliners loads of times. I mean, it's very much a festival that people return to um, over and over. But, mm. I mean, I'm, I might be... Um... I might be getting my wires crossed, but I'm pretty sure they were um, brought in as a replacement for Frightened Rabbit after Scott Hutchison committed suicide. Right, okay. Um, I'm not I'm pretty sure, sure they were announced after that. Yes. Uh, I mean, you might be right. I thought um, I, I didn't realise that Frightened Rabbit were in a headline position on that day. I mean, it, it's absolutely tragic that, you know, what what happened and I, I no way meant that, you know, Twin Atlantic were a bad replacement for them at all. Um, no, no, as, not, as not I'll go on to explain in a minute. Um but no, I I mean it, it has only been two years since they last headlined and I, I can't recall any time of that happening before. It's at least been a good few years since a headliner has been brought back uh, to two thousand trees. I may, I may be totally wrong and just have not done enough research, but um um I I suppose Actually, no, so, sorry, sorry, looking looking at it, um, Fright and Rabbit were due to play the Thursday, so they were going to be on at, before out the drive-in, and then Twin Atlantic right. were um, headlining the Friday, so um, right, okay. I, um, I got that wrong. I, 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 no, I, I, um, I don't want to necessarily be, you know, um, uh, totally, totally, you know, criticising Twin Atlantic, because I definitely think they've got enough songs now to fill a solid headline set full of anthems. You know, yeah. I, I I'll try and be, I'll I'll be positive about it because I I have not seen Twin Atlantic live before, so, um, and I've heard really good things about their live show, so I will be very open minded uh, towards their headline set. Have you uh, have you seen them before? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen them a couple of times. Seen them actually. I think the main times I've seen them have been headlining various festivals, including Two Thousand Trees. Um, oh yeah. yes, of course you have. Yeah, no. Yeah, they're totally. Um, they're just a band that have loads of um they've been around for a while so they've stockpiled a load of really great songs and uh the last time they played uh was before they put out gla which is just um chock full of um massive adrenalized bangers basically so um mm. How did i, I they think get on last show. time as headliners oh they did great yeah, yeah, really, um, really great response. Um, they got Muddy McLeod from Excerpts, who is uh, an alumnus of this podcast, um, <laughs> on to play um, Free with Cheers, them and mate. sing on that. So um, I wonder whether they'll do that again. I mean, I know that the Excerpts aren't there to the next day, but I don't think Muddy's doing anything, so he could surely come up early if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> come up, we'll have a drink. Um, but yeah, no, I think they'll, um, I think they'll get on great, and um, yeah, I think they'll cap off the day nicely. Perhaps it yeah. is a bit soon, but no, I feel like I was maybe a bit going into that a bit negative because when you've got songs like Free and uh, Heart and Soul and No Sleep, mm-hmm. you know the the massive singles that they have, um, I think they'll sound very, very 
headliner worthy in a field, especially when you've had a few cans, eh? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you say you hadn't? Um, did you say you hadn't seen them before? I I I have been to see them in passing um, at certain festivals, but mm. never sort of properly stood in front of a stage and given them my full undivided attention. I suppose. No. Well, now's the time to do it. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, well, right, I'll have to take your word for it. So it's Twin Atlantic headlining the main stage on the Friday, and um, going through the bigger bands now, um, headlining The Cave, uh, we've got a band who, I don't know if I've really mentioned them a lot on here before, but a band called Creeper. Who? Yeah? I, have you not heard? Of, they, they've got a couple of good EPs out, you know. Okay, okay, um, I might check them out then. <laughs> I totally don't have a callous heart patch on my denim jacket. What are you talking about? We'll be callous heart patch buddies. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it'll, I think it'll be great. You know, um, the only, I mean, yeah, I love them. I'll be there. But the um, the only thing I will say, and this is just after seeing them um, at Slam Dunk, where again they were great. But I think that um, they. Since um, Eternity in Your Arms came out and before that, they've um, really been hitting the road hard. They've been absolutely caning it. I mean, they've been working um, the record and they've had some really, really incredible opportunities come their way because of it. Um, But, you know, they're just um, coming off the back of an American tour, um, a tour with All Time Low. And, you know, if they hadn't done Warp Tour last year, I think they'd probably be there now. I think that... I think this is their last date um for a little while and then they're doing a couple of small shows in august and i just think that they maybe need to take a bit of time out to have a breather have some time for themselves and um, Mm -hmm. kind of work out what they're doing next which knowing them they probably already know what they're doing next but um i think definitely to maybe give people a break to miss them and as i say you know i i'll go see them any day of the week but um i think um for themselves it would certainly be um it would certainly be good yeah absolutely i mean you're totally right the road has been you know the the, you can kind of see if you in the age of social media if you do follow them that you know the road has been hitting them kind of hard and they've been a really sort of full-on touring machine ever since eternity in your arms was released and um we need to really make the most of bands like Creeper and yeah. and cherish them while we can. I mean, you know, they are absolute champions in kayfabe, so they may just be having us on. But, you know, with Will saying to everyone, whenever people go, oh, when are you coming back to the US? When are you coming back to... Come to Brazil! Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and, and he said, oh, we're not sure if we're ever going to make it back there. And it's like, are you just having us on or is this just you don't know where Creeper are going mm, well. to come here? But, but the road has been hitting them hard. So um, I think they would definitely like to do another album. I think they maybe... Yeah. Just, I, I think they have... Um, try to do a bit of writing but um you know we'll see what the um future holds no doubt all will be revealed in time absolutely but, um, and this this could be another real defining moment for creeper uh, you know i know they're not headlining the main stage but this is a band who have already had loads of milestone moments and mm-hmm. um you know it's a headline set nonetheless and 
I mean, uh, you you weren't able to see him on the Theatre of Fear tour at all, were you? <laughs> well, that was the occasion for me to come down and um, record with you at the end of last year, wasn't it? To do the um, end yeah. of year roundup, and then I ended up getting snowed in. So um, yeah, so yeah, I didn't I didn't catch them at all, unfortunately. No, but it was. I, I would say you know it's it feels sort of all big tied up in one bow now and that I think after 2003s they need to move on to the to the next step but you're totally right take a step back and recharge the batteries and uh continue the grand conceptual uh you know wonderment that is the the creeper arc I suppose yeah um so uh creeper headline in the cave stage do not miss that because we do need to cherish bands like creeper while they're around, because nothing lasts forever. They just completely own it. Yeah, yeah absolutely, they'll, they'll absolutely. Kill it, so. um, back on the main stage, um, Mallory Knox. Oh no, they they're on the. Oh wait. No, are they, they are, on, are the main they on the main stage. stage? They they're are bef- on main stage. They're before right. Twin Atlantic. So I saw them at Teddy Rocks Festival as well back in May, and I think Mallory Knox get given a bit of a rough time for being part of that Yumi at Sixy. Death Havana, Lower Than Atlantis type crop of bands. But I think there's something a bit gutsier about Mallory Knox, especially live. Do you, do you feel the really? same way? No. Uh, <laughs> are you not a fan? Um, I'm, I'm again, I'm kind of indifferent on them. I mean, I don't um, actively dislike them, and you know, I've watched them a couple of times, and you know, they can. They've got some nice melodies, but um, I mean, I haven't seen them since uh, Mikey left the band, so maybe it's got a different energy with it just being the four of them and Sam singing. Um, presumably that's when you saw them. Yeah, I would say there's not necessarily been a huge shift in energy. I mean, Sam's not obviously got the same voice as Mikey, and mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't feel like there's a huge missing presence on stage. I think Sam's adapted very well into an, uh, into a, into a good front man. Because uh, he's always had the energy and and tons of stage presence um, on his on his own, Sam. So you know, putting him more front and center in the band, I think may benefit them in the future. And I think that um, song that they put out earlier this year, Black Holes, is one of the best things they've done in a long time. Really, I'm I'm big on that track. To to me, that doesn't say much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe yeah, we I, should I, move. I personally think it'll be a dip in energy after um, Blood Red Shoes on that stage and before Twin Atlantic, but uh, I'm willing to be proved wrong. <laughs> well, I would. Uh, I would like to be there with a big, big smug grin, going, "Ha! Fuck you!" <laughs> um, shall we move on to a band which i would be absolutely blown away aghast even if you didn't uh, if if you weren't excited for them touche amore yep <laughs> um, well we saw them at download last year and um we both had that collective moment where we're watching them it's got it's going off they're you know they're a terrific band with um i mean they're you know they're hardcore kids. They always bring the energy. But it was a moment when Jeremy Bohm was yelling into the audience and then he took the mic away from his um, mouth and it still sounded pretty much the same volume. And we, yeah. just, we both like, just like, looked at each other and went, fuck. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm definitely excited and especially in um, the, uh, the cave tent, I think that's going to be um, fantastic. And, you know, 
after horror and before creeper you know it's gonna be um it's gonna be bags of energy i mean like i say i'm gonna be a, a wrecked man all over again um <laughs> i mean there was so much emotional weight to that download set and uh, you know the latest album stage four has really pushed them beyond their contemporaries i would i would say they're the best of that that see, uh, I think it was called the Wave, wasn't it? When all these bands like La Dispute and and Defeater and Pianos Become the Teeth came out, and I think the Touche More is, without a shadow of a doubt, the best of them, especially after Stage Four. But there was so much, so much emotion, but then so much urgency and rush to it because you know, like you say, they're 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 sort of hardcore kids. It's um, pathos. It's it's you know. I- Attack and release, they're they're great at it, and um, I mean um, they brought out um, that song Green earlier this year, which um, I really enjoyed. Um, which I think they just it was a one-off track between tours, but hopefully there's more in the works. Mm. And um, and I feel like they just maintain the balance beautifully between aggression and sort of genuine poignancy. Uh, especially with the lyricism of Jeremy Bolm, I, th- I I am very 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 excited to see Touche Amore again. Agreed. And uh, another band I'm looking forward to feeling all the feels with is Father Son. Um, oh really? Pa- That's interesting. Yeah, part of that same Scott rock scene as as you know as Twin Atlantic, um, but I feel like they what what really blew me away when i first saw father son is is the sort of clarity to their performance and and ross's uh, voice is uh, it, it it's enough to bring a tear to my eye i think he's got one of the best voices um in the game so stick father son on the, in the middle of the day on the main stage i think that would be a lovely time you the look on the look on your face that you're giving me right now suggests that you're kind of indifferent <sighs> uh, the- it's another one. I I just kind of similar to the Mallory Knox thing. I think they're a little bit wet, and like I, <laughs> okay. you know, yeah. So I've I've spoken to Ross before. I I like them as people, and you know, have um, all power to them. But um, I think definitely this the new songs that've been coming out and uh, their last album. I just thought was pretty wet. So. Okay, yeah, I wasn't huge on the... They've just put out a new song, which I, I must admit I haven't had the chance to hear yet, but the last album, Open Book, was definitely not as good as I Am An Island, their first album. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a real step down, but I'm, I I saw them opening for Mallory Knox, and um, uh, How appropriate. It, was fa- <laughs> it was Father, Son, Lonely the Brave, and Mallory Knox. Um, which was a lovely evening. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I feel like they um, they perhaps you know need to step it back up from the uh, from the open book album, which wasn't as great as I'm an Island, but they still play plenty off I'm an Island, so that's good enough for me. Um, I think the final big uh, name that I want to mention on the lineup is Jamie Lenman doing an acoustic session in the forest. Again, bitch and brew alumnus um, and the one of the best personalities on the planet yep certainly um i would certainly agree with that last statement um yeah he's only doing a uh, forest session isn't he yes yeah that'd be great uh, and it, he's he's so naturally funny as well i've not seen his acoustic uh, show yet but i've heard uh, didn't he do one in a church in london last year to release the devolver uh, to celebrate the yes, he did, and I heard that he... I think it was um, St Pancras Old Church, which is right, um, okay. really—it's a really, really um, special spot if you see any band there. 
Well, I think that's going to be one of the most entertaining sets of the weekend, at least. Certainly in, certainly in the forest. Um, so, any any other bigger bands that you want to that you want to shout out? Um, the only one that I would shout out is um, Horus, and because I've never seen them before, but from everything no, I've heard I haven't and seen, them seen they, yep, I mean, I think it's going to be um, one of the filthiest moments of the weekend, and um, I think, as I say, they are um, they go on to Touche More and then Creeper, so I think that would be a good spot to be. Absolutely, I I I I'd heard lots about their live set before the uh, before the album came out. I found myself extremely disappointed by the album. I won't lie. Um, I thought it didn't have enough of the crossover element that they bring live. Um, much much mm-hmm. like when Asteroid Boys came out with an album last year, which was just sort of pure uh, sort of hip hop grime and didn't have grime, any of yeah. the uh, any of the sort of uh quote unquote rock element uh to it. So I hope that the horror live show has still kind of maintained its reputation from those days of them playing the one hundred club in wedding dresses and wearing weird things on their head and stuff. So uh if they do that, should be awesome. I th- I think he'll be I think it'll be very out of place at um two thousand trees so I'm looking forward to um to see that great absolutely um, now on to a band now I want to I want to do a bit on this band even though I doubt I'll get to see them because they fucking clash with Creeper and it's the worst clash of the weekend <laughs> but um, I couldn't not do this podcast and say something about Conjurer um, I mean first of all I knew they had it in them to put out a brilliant album this year because there was mm. plenty of promise and potential uh, on on the EP, and I think they've just taken it to another level with Maya. Um, did you see their? Oh, I don't know if you were there personally, but when they did the the K Pit show at, um, at Blondie's in London, no, and it was live no. streamed. No, have look, you have you since watched nuts. it? Yeah. Um, so heavy, so undeniably heavy, and sort of and dense, but. It didn't let up for one second. Um, And it was actually really quite awesome to see how close to the record it sounded live as well. I know I wasn't there in person, but the recording was, you know, amazing. And when they'll play a song like Choke, it'll be really menacing. And then they'll do Wretch and it'll just be unrelentingly fast, blast beat, frenzy, balls out mental. It'll be like a bulldozer being driven by a rhinoceros, basically. Absolutely. Um, Into your temples. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I think this is another one of those things about um, 2000 Trees, which um, might not always be um, completely obvious, but each year they do seem to have, like, a really... or or a couple of really obscenely heavy bands, like... Like ones that aren't messing around, not ones which are sort of like, like yeah, we listened to um, Rist of Masters of Reality once and uh, we really like that Doom thing, man. When really all it means is that they bought distortion pedal and started playing a little slower. Um, <laughs> and, uh, which are not, which is not what Contra do. I'll like completely get that um, ambiguity out of the way. Um, but say, um, yeah, in 2016, um, it was uh, While She Sleeps um, headlining. 
the cave and Loz literally finished the set by writhing around the floor and running off to go see Refused and um, and then last year <laughs> Wicked. yeah 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 totally and then last year it was Oathbreaker and I could feel like my eyeballs bleeding and it was yeah it was, it was wonderful intense. it was um, uh, I was so glad I managed to um, see them before they've gone on this bit of um, hiatus at the moment um, mm. so um so yeah, and that's another thing that uh, 2000 Trees do really well is actually um, catering to um, a few pockets of um, heaviness over the weekend. And I mean, Conjurer are headlining that stage. It's the noise stage, so the new music stage. Um, but um, I think that's um, a real testament to where where they're at as a um, a force. And I mean, they're on mm. the same time as Creeper, as you say. And um, yeah, I think. Um, and I there's think that's no overlap. Really, really Creep. There's nope. Creeper yeah. completely subsume them. Um, so I think that's a really strong um, testament to them. Yeah, uh, I think I might have to take a quick break from Creeper to go and see like maybe like five minutes of Contra just to see it, and you know, or, yeah. or I could just go to Arc Tangent and see Contra set in its entirety. Well, Contra sure. are going to be playing twice over Arc Tangents. Yeah, yeah. Playing, one um, one, one on their own and one with Pain. Yeah, which um, you know another fantastic band. Unfortunately, they are not playing um, Two Thousand Trees. No, they're not. I know you're checking the lineup. They're not, and I'm gutted. But yeah, Conjurer. <laughs> Just scanning you, it a second um, time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no. Um, Conjurer, uh, if you um, if if you like your music heavy, God, that was such an Alan Partridge thing to say. If you like your music heavy, go see Conjurer. Absolutely. Um, right, so let's move on before I embarrass myself any further. Move on to one of the standout bands of last year and who I hope to be one of the standout bands of this year, The Dirty Nil. Um, I didn't see them last year because I only came along on the Saturday, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing them as well. I mean, fucking hell. When I saw them last year, they were on the Axiom stage, so the smaller of the two big mm-hmm. tents. As contradictory a phrase as that is. Oh yeah, they're um, on the main stage this year, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and Ace. that's perfect for them. Um, I mean, Luke, their singer and guitarist, he comes out, he's playing a see-through guitar. He's got a shirt with, like, blue and red stars across it. Oh, he's, he's got that blowing... Dan Armstrong guitar, has he? Yeah, he's blowing bubblegum, and he's doing the most obscenely sort of ridiculous rock star poses all the way through the set. And... Um, it was absurdly entertaining last year. And uh, have you heard the latest Dirty Nil song, the one that came out a couple Bathed of weeks ago? Bathed in yeah. Yes. One of the best songs of this year so far. I mean, I don't think they... I don't think they do amped down, but it definitely amped it up another notch. Um, so, um, yeah, it'll be... Because um, they've made um, some uh, a bit of headway here touring with um, a couple of different bands. Um, but I think they could ride the sort of same wave as pup and really get in with that kind of loud um punks uh just people who like their punk loud and obnoxious and full of things you could just scream your lungs out to as i've already intimated which i really really get into the only thing i will say is i am kind of disappointed that they're not doing a um acoustic session purely because i know that luke is a big um fan of john prine and i I'm just a bit of a country nerd, so I would love to just hear him play a couple of country songs um, over the weekend, but you can't have everything. 
No, absolutely. I think the comparison I make is I've been trying to sort of recommend some bands to some friends that are going, and I referred to Dirty Nil as if Cheap Trick were a modern-day punk rock band. And then as soon as I said that, I found out that they had done a cover of Surrender and it was on Spotify. Oh, well, there you um, go. Uh, Vindication. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, main stage now, and I've been actively threatening on Twitter uh, just a week ago uh, to get in the middle of the pit during uh, their set and just swing a bag of cheap wine over my head uh, for, the, <laughs> for the entirety of the set. Like so, a lasso. Like yeah, a big it, boozy lasso. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Um, and one one final band I want to give a shout out to is um, now I check this band out purely on the name because mm-hmm. it's a brilliant name, um, Bitch Falcon. Oh, the Irish band, yeah, they're great. Yeah, so I don't really know much about this band at all. I know that they're Irish or they're from Dublin, and I think you should go and check this lot out if you liked the last Chelsea Wolf album. Um, I, I would I, I, bear, bear with me um, I you know it's thick doomy riffs you know really doomy guitars but I would say what's different from the Chelsea Wolf record is it's got slightly more soulful vocals I think it's a bit more melodic than um, yeah. Chelsea yeah, oh, Wolf no, in, ter- in terms of actually sort of having hooks where I think like the last mm. Chelsea Wolf album was very much more dirgeful and I don't mean that to put down at all I just mean that in the actual um, definition of the word dirge like that's what it's going for and it does yeah. it incredibly well um, but yeah Bitch Falcon are um, are great I um, I did not see them support Black Peaks on tour but they were supporting Black Peaks on tour so certainly right. if you if anybody caught the last Black Peaks tour you've probably already seen them well if you haven't heard them yet they've got a song on Spotify called Of Heart it's like six minutes long it's bastard heavy and stonery but the vocals just kind of give it a dreamier element I suppose um, so if there's time go and check out Bitch Falcon, I, I hope to see him myself um, any any other bands that you wanted to, to any smaller bands that you wanted that I've missed um, yeah well um, a couple, I mean I'm sure a lot of people know about Gold Key already but they were definitely one of the most um Mm-hmm. sort of um, interesting and enigmatic um, sounding bands to come out um, last year I mean for those who don't know they're kind of made up of um, some of the best musicians that the Watford scene has ever um, thrown up and it's um, I actually saw them uh, supporting Arcane Roots last year and uh, they're one of those bands where oh, okay. they move into a lot of different they move into a lot of different areas you know, sometimes it's kind of post-rocky then it goes almost like danceable disco and alt rock um right, and it's okay. and it's it's very very um full sounding and shifting um mm. ba- band so um yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of people um know about them already but i definitely check them out um slutface obviously as we yes. just talked about they didn't come up last year and they're a fantastic um band from norway so i definitely um want to go see them um I think if you like Slutface, you should go and check out Dreamwife as well. Um, I don't know Dreamwife. Okay, a little, quite similar to to uh, Slutface, but um, a little bit more bite to it. I would say a little okay. bit more of a punkier bite. Um, you mentioned Gold Key earlier. I want to give a quick shout out to Nervous. I didn't do like a go in depth on them because they've just been on the podcast, and mm-hmm. you should know that you should go and see Nervous because <laughs> they're fucking brilliant. Surely you've all listened to it already. 
<laughs> and um, uh, Voden. Uh, I, th- I think yes. I'm saying that right. Vodun. So I've, I've. Uh, oh right, Vodun. I, um, I only just checked out this band. I saw loads about them a couple of years ago and kind of didn't really pick up on it. And they've put out uh, the new track. I, I struggle to remember the name, unfortunately, but the weirdest element of like tribal rock with disco and funk and soul that I've ever heard. I think it's the only mix of those genres that I've ever heard, but um, I'm really interested to see how it comes off live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen them live a couple of times and they are just like full of energy and, you know, I probably shouldn't um, give anything away about the live show, but there is, you know, there are thrills, there are spills and they just prop excuse so exude so much en- energy. I mean, um Chantelle Brown, who's the um the singer, she's um just got in- an incredible um presence and actually come to think of it, she might turn up during the um Turbo Wolf set on uh Thursday because she was on that last album. Oh, okay. So, um she may well turn up then. But um, Well, let's let's hope so, eh? Yeah, they're great. Um another band I would um recommend you check out is In Technicolor. Um, okay, yeah, I, I listened to them today, and uh, I didn't really have much to take away from it, so I'll let you take the lead. They're just, uh, I mean, they're a band from Brighton, They are, and they're big friends with um, Black Peaks, and I actually saw them support Black Peaks earlier this year, and right, okay. they are just totally expansive, sludgy, stomach-churning riffs, but more of the, more of like the psychedelic and stonery end so a bit more um yeah a bit more amped up like high high energy but also like you know really deep lows and um mm. I, had a, I had a very good time so i definitely recommend um, anybody check them out i mean you can run from the dirty nil to go check out in technicolor which is what i'm going to be doing so i'd right, recommend okay. you do that too um I guess the only other band um, I'd want to um, shout out before we move on, and there are a load of great bands you should check out during that day. I mean, I think it's the strongest day for me personally. Um, right, okay. Uh, the other bands I would want to shout out, because um, they might not um, be on everybody's radar, is Glue, G-L-O-O. Right, okay. They are on the Axiom stage uh, just before 1 o'clock, and um, they're like a really um, grungy trio from Littlehampton, which is a seaside resort town in um, West Sussex. I used to live in Littlehampton. Really? I used to live in a pub there. It was no a shithole. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> these these are your boys. They, You know exactly where they've come from then. Um, yeah, they've, um, they've got an album called A Pathetic Youth coming out on the 6th of July, so just before 2000 Trees. And it is half an hour of really hooky like scummy punk racket and it's it's great so i'm i think uh, i haven't seen them live it'd be interesting to see if they can bring that same kind of slackery disgustingness to um the show but um yeah i'm definitely gonna be checking them out and you I'm should sold. Too. i'll go and check them out with you yes absolutely um final final band i want to shout out is also bad sign um yes. saw them last year that you know if you if you like uh you know your black peaksy kind of uh technical oriented rock which sounds massive um and also if you like 
you know, bands like, I know that obviously there's the 100 Reasons acoustic set the next day and, and Hell is for Heroes as well. I don't think you would dislike Bad Sign necessarily if you're a fan of those bands. Um, but uh, yeah, Bad Sign is the final band I want to shout out for the uh, Friday. I mean, this is probably um, overstating the case, but they are probably the closest band i've seen in a while to being a modern day motorhead just in terms of having punk energy and kicking the balls um wow. metal force like yeah so if that's not an endorsement i don't know what is yeah absolutely modern um, modern day motorhead and I'm sure, on the, I'm sure, in the live scale i'm sure lemmy is gobbing on me from heaven as well for that comment but um, yeah you but, bastard um oh the last thing just a small side note is um it looks like there's a um, tribute to Scott Hutchison in the Forest Sessions at um, half past two. No idea what that entails, but um, but yeah, certainly um, be a presence that I'm missing at the festival this year. Right. Yes. Of course. No. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think I think that's a good place to to bring Friday to a close and move on to the Saturday. Um, so headlining the Saturday and closing the festival. Uh, enter Shikari. Uh, this is the one I said that I was excited about as, out of most of all the headliners because yeah. they've just become a fucking brilliant festival headlining band. Um, last time I saw them, it was headlining Slam Dunk last year, and I know it was a retrospective set celebrating 10 years of Take to the Skies, but they still fucking annihilated the place. It was incredible, it was transcendent. Um, I haven't seen them since uh, they released the Spark. Uh, have you seen them since since that album came out? Can I just say one thing? Oh, okay. Are you going to break my heart? They want to play outside, play outside, play oh. outside. Oh, why would you do that? I've been working on that for a week, man. Oh, you... <laughs> oh. Well, thank okay, you for listening so, to the Bitch and Brew podcast. You'll just have to make your own way on the yeah, Saturday. Welcome <laughs> to your time, though. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've never seen Enter Shikari live. Must admit, I'm not a massive fan. Um, I'm, I never have been. It's just um, not been um, my thing. However, I have heard so many good things about um, them live, and I have no doubt that I will, I will probably end up converted by the end of it. I, Absolutely. I, I, I probably will do so. Go um, to it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the Spark was an album that that uh, I think divided quite a few people because it wasn't as um, it wasn't as balls out mental as um, other Antichrist albums have been on a on a sort of heaviness scale. I would say it was still very very eclectic and experimental, yeah. um, but in probably a much more palatable way. I think if you've not really heard Shikari before, a few years ago you may have walked into their live set and seen them play Arguing with Thermometers or Gandhi Make Gandhi and may have ended up feeling totally totally alienated. But I'm very excited to see how these experimentations have come off live. Um, songs from the Spark, like um, there's a song called Shinrin Yoku, uh, which has sort of very low and ambient synths and... Uh, Rao playing trumpet on that track. I believe it's Rao mm-hmm. himself that plays it. And um, a lot of people might have said that record was boring. I personally don't think so. And I just think they are an all-round, uh, hugely entertaining festival band. Is all I can say about it. Yeah, and they'll be doing a um, 
acoustic set earlier in the day as well so that's that's um, nuts as well to it's a rare occurrence for them so yeah absolutely i think that'd be pretty unmissable especially if they you know play a dew in a forest which have come off perfectly uh acoustically um Okay, well, well, we'll move on to some of the other bands for, for Saturday, because I think I've said all I can about Antishikari at the moment. Um, headline in the cave, uh, we have Hell is for Heroes, and I am outrageously late to the party with Hell is for Heroes. It actually took me... Um, it actually took sort of them being in town for me to actually go back and check out the Neon Handshake, because that's what they've been kind of getting back together to... Is it 15th anniversary of the Neon Handshake? Um, that I, don't, they've, they've... I don't know. Oh, right, okay. Um, uh, do you have any opinion on Hell is for Heroes? I just don't care for Hell is for Heroes. Do, do you not at all? What What is it about them? Uh, it's just not my kind of music. I mean, I think, as I've said, I'm I'm pretty much a fan of um, scummy punk that you can yell your balls off to. Um, right. Amongst other things. Um, but it's just like, completely doesn't do it for me. Right. So, do you think Hell is for Heroes really deserve the, the the sort of what is essentially the second stage headline spot of this kind of thing? Um. Well, they've um. When you think about Creeper headlining the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they've certainly got a reputation, and you know, it's it's interesting because it's um the previous day. Um. Are you? Do you know the band My Vitriol? Um. Only by name. Well, I was completely unaware of them until I saw them on the bill for this, and um, I looked into them, and actually, like, I... Because they put out um, one album called Fine Lines in 2001, and I checked it out, and I was absolutely, like, drawn into it. Right, um, okay. Because um, that's another band who have reunited... I, I think I'm right in saying they went away for a little bit and yeah. got back together again, another one of these sort of uh, early to mid-noughties bands that have... Uh, been enjoying the sort of the the reunion stage. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think they're an obvious choice for um, two thousand trees like Hellas for Heroes. I think they're um, kind of a um, a passion booking, possibly. You know, something mm. that um, the uh, promoters and organisers um, like themselves. So, and which I you know I appreciate that kind of um, curation and care taken into it. If indeed that is the mm. case. Um, so I think Hellas for Heroes is kind of a similar um, case of um, not being an obvious choice, but certainly um, yeah, they have a certain reputation that uh, may well be um, deserved. Well, I think we're probably two in a minority. There's probably lots of um, like millennials shouting at us through their phones or laptops at the moment. Really? Not really. I don't know yeah. about that. No, I think they definitely have a cult status as a band, and I, I, I would like, <coughs> I would like to think we're sort of two in a minority. And you know, it poss- probably be a great opportunity for people to go and feel nostalgic and then realise how old they are. Um, if they if it is what they're doing and they're doing the neon handshake in full again, which I went back to listen to and is a very good album, but I couldn't tell you anything more than that. Yeah. Um, so uh, on to some other bands from uh, the Saturday and uh, a band which I'm sure we're going to waz off about for a little while now, um, the Excerpts. Yes. <laughs> Can just, confirm. Just, just yes, everything. Um, <laughs> well, I'll put it this way, like. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, like I've got a soft spot for the um, 
excerpts anyway because um, yeah, I used to live in Aberdeen for ages and kind of writing about them and um, Frying Rabbit was how I started um, off in this gig um, just for a friend's blog. So right. um, so I've always got um, a soft spot for them. But um, certainly in context of this festival, they're, you know, they're, always, wel- they're always welcome guests. They, in, you know, in 2016, that a couple proposed during their set, in, mm. um, and last year mm. before they brought out um, "Hold On to Your Heart," the tent was rammed full of people just singing their hearts out, even to songs that they didn't know. But that album is so full of catchy choruses that you pick up on it immediately. And certainly with the the release of um, "Hold On to Your Heart," which is um, such a a wonderful. Um, exuberant album just full of rock and roll spirit and just romance um i mm. think that um i think that people are um really really um coming around to them and i think that this will be um a really great um i think it'll be a really great uh, moment for them on the main stage absolutely um and they, you know they've been on the main stage before this is this is they should just be able to walk on and own this weekend yeah um you know, it's something ridiculous like their 10th time at 2000 Trees this year. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think be. I might actually be right in saying it's their 10th time. They've certainly been there a fucking lot of times. Um, but last year, I, they were they were the band of the weekend for me. Yeah. At least in the sense of me coming away from their set and going, why the fuck are slaves headlining tonight and these guys aren't? <laughs> the, when... when, when because it was kind of a last-minute booking. Um, I think people just kicked off that the excerpts weren't playing 2003s for a change. <laughs> um, so they did a set in the cave, and uh, at that point, Feels Like Falling In Love hadn't even been out for a week. I think it had been out for about five days. And they took the bold decision of closing their set with it, and it was the loudest sing-along of the weekend. It was huge. Um, I mean, they so, played um, they played a couple of um, uh, songs um, off "Hold On to Your Heart." Then I think, I mean, I think they yeah. certainly played um, "Daydream" for the first yeah. time. Maybe um, I think they might have even played the title track. Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't I, know. It yeah, was a, it was a year ago. I was fairly drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, certainly, I know that um, Modi himself has said that you know we want to headline this festival to the um um to the um guy behind it james so um i think that um who knows maybe with this album and this opportunity maybe they'll prove their worth and in future we could be seeing them on top of the bill it's i mean i would like to think so i'm fed up of seeing them in small venues and supporting the supporting bands at brixton academy i want to see them headline in brixton academy Agreed. you know by the end of this out i i i you know they're they're only on a support level at the moment for those size of venues but i would like to think that either at the end of this album or with the next album that we see them uh in those venues on their own merits I think certainly they'd be a good band to go on like a Jules Holland or something like that, just to get like wider exposure to um, a music buying public. But um, mm. do you reckon that's enough wazzing off? I think it is. Go think watch we, the excerpts. I think we made our point. Have have a fucking beer and watch watch the excerpts and and get all gooey and get get all gooey over it. Oh, that that just sounds wrong. Um, it's it's pretty much what the excerpts do. So yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Goo right, let's, let's let's move on before I make any more. <laughs> now we put now we put everyone off. Um, yeah, um, let's talk about basement, if you will. Um, very pleasant surprise from basement at uh, download last year. Um, they've never captivated me for a whole album. I think they've had they've done three albums with enough decent tracks for a lean enough what half an hour forty five minute set and then when I saw them at download they treated it like they were headlining the because they were on the third the avalanche stage at download right. and they treated it like they were headlining it they had a massive they had a massive crowd and their singer Andrew really commands the audience very well. Um, he looks like he has a lot of fun up there and there's you know there's still vigor to the performance cuz you know they they almost play with like the ethos of a hardcore band even though they're very much within the sort of alt rock bracket well i think that i think that's certainly um where they began and their background is more in hardcore um so i think that explains yeah. um a lot um again band that i've never massively been um fussed on and you know i've seen them on a couple of festivals and i definitely haven't been captivated um Mm. so um so yeah i will probably be watching something else okay (laughs) um right well uh i want to also give a quick shout out to meat wave as well that's who i'm gonna be watching yeah uh oh is that who they clash with yeah they clash with basement mate Oh right, okay. Um, Meatwave have been on my perif- on the peripherals of my radar um, ever since like last year with their album, uh, with the Incessant. Uh, were you were you a fan of them before that? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, I think they had a fairly ridiculous name, and I think it kind of fell in the um, kind of falls in the in between bracket where. If your name is ridiculous, like um, or completely out there, like Bitch Folk, and then might be attracted to it. But if it's yeah. not too far out there, then I might just like slip through the ca- cracks, which is um, <laughs> sounds very much like judging a book by its cover, and it is. Um, but but no, no, I um, I check I check them out, and um, I enjoy their stuff. So I think that's where I'm going to be. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out the Incessant yet, their last album it was Steve Albini produced. Um, really angular, really punky, and quite catchy, but really weird in places. There were actually moments like a, there's a song called Leopard Print Jet Ski on the last album, which almost kind of harks back to the earlier Biffy, like pre-Puzzle Biffy, I would say, um, in in times in terms of that slightly sort of math rocky post-punk uh, crossover. I yeah, would I say. think that's fair to say. Yeah. I've I've heard some really good things about their show as well, so um, oh, have you? might uh, have might might have to balance a bit of basement and a bit of meatwave. We'll have to mm. see. Um, any other big bands playing that day that you want to talk about? Um, well, I kind of want to talk about one of the weirdest things, and I know that not long ago I was talking about Conjurer and saying how great it is that um, Two Thousand Trees um, make space for some properly um, you know heavy bands over the weekend. If you um, just want to feel completely annihilated, but Raging Speedhorn. Oh, okay. On a five... I checked this band out for the first time today. Well, that's exactly my point. Is that um, Raging Speedhorn are like a really quite old school um, hard rock band, um, and you know certain people that go to um, Download and Hellfest would you know be um, would know of them, but. 
I don't think that the average 2000 Trees um, attendant will have any conception of who Raging Speedhorn are. Probably with, <laughs> probably with good reason, and it really just doesn't make sense. They're on at 5.30, um, before Skinny Lister on the cave, um, and yeah, I think it's just a really, really odd fit. They're not really touring at the moment. They haven't gotten... I don't think they're touring an album. Um, they're I don't they're know. about to open for the Wild Hearts on tour. Right, okay. Well, that makes more sense because of the um, the age of the crowd and stuff. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really odd fit, and I don't know why they're there. Um, <laughs> which is... Um, which, yeah, is nothing against the band. I just think it's a really weird fit. Um, but um, So go and see Raging Speedhorn is what you're saying? No, don't go see Raging Speedhorn. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are they clashing with? Who's on at the same time as Raging Speedhorn? Um, the tail end of the excerpts. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. And certainly I don't think there's much crossover between their fans. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would confidently say that, uh, that, that for sure. Yeah, um, I guess the um, the only other band that I would um, possibly want to mention is um, D Mob Happy from Newcastle. Right, okay. Um, and um, they brought an album called Holy Doom this year, and um, they just kind of got. Um, they're very big fans of um, pop melodies, um, but it's more kind of um, grungy and a little bit psychedelic. Um, but you know, they're big on. Um, they're big on vocal harmonies, and um, I, th- I think, yeah, I think it could be good. All right. Well, I don't think I've ever seen them live Demo- before. Sorry. I don't think I've ever seen them live before. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, the Skype went a little bit there, but um, yeah, no, I've not actually checked them out yet. But uh, people, was it Dream Soda? The the other the other came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, am I right in thinking? And people would seem to go nuts for that record, but it just kind of passed me by. So I didn't think I've that was good personally, but um, oh, okay, right. But yeah, check out Holy Doom, see what you think, and then go check out Demob Happy if you're not at the excerpts. Right. Um. Well, uh, onto the smaller bands, on uh, the lower tier of bands, uh, mm-hmm. lower in size, not in quality. Um, as as I as I I need to stop mentioning altitude. it. Altitude. <laughs> Pretty much yes. the same level, above sea level. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I want to uh, start with Bloody Knees. Um, okay. Bloody Knees. I've known about for. Have you heard of Bloody Knees before? I have not. Okay, so um, they've they've been about for a few years now. Um, uh, first heard of them because they were uh, actually once on the A and R list when I was working at Hassle Records. Um, but um, at, at that time, they were kind of coming up at the uh, at the same time as bands like um, Milk Teeth and uh, Muskets, who we'll chat about in a bit. So it's kind of that grubby, grungy, punky kind of thing. I saw them recently opening for Black Foxes, and oh, really? it was the first time I'd seen them in about four years. Um, and the sort of transition they've made from being that grubby punk band into just making massive indie rock songs, uh, it, it blew me away. I, I, th- I think if you presented Bloody Knees to like a purely indie crowd not saying that 2000 trees is that kind of crowd but if you presented bloody knees to people who like bands like uh blossoms and and who think people who think that liam gallagher is god then i think that bloody knees have it in them to be to be absolutely huge they were they were great when i saw them earlier this year and 
full of choruses and they've still got a little bit of that grungy element but really it's more just about the huge indie rock songs now for bloody knees okay so, well you've sold me on it um the other band I made made a little note on um, that I checked out earlier today for the first time, uh, again late to the party, uh, a band from Copenhagen called Nelson Can. Oh. Um, so, again, never I would heard say, of. yeah. So I would say um, slightly similar folksy, uh, soulful vocal vibes to what Bitch Falcon had, but not at all doomy. So, like, the only sort of thing that I think they would share is the vocals. Um, it's a little bit more atmospheric. Um, and this is... I'm only judging this off, like, the two songs that I took the time to listen to today. Um, there's a little bit of PJ Harvey in there. It's broody, atmospheric rock. Um, but without being, like, too obscure. It's catchy enough. There's still some pop sensibility in there. So I, And they're signed to Alco Pop Records as well, which is usually a mark of, of good quality. So I would maybe like to take the time to watch Nelson Can on the Saturday as well. Um, any any other bands you want? I've got another few names jotted down. I must admit, this day is probably my least favourite of the three. I would agree. But yeah. there's still some plenty of good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, what, what, what sort of other bands are you looking forward to? Uh, well, definitely Haggard Cat opening up the main stage. Right, okay. I mean... I mean you know, I mean, I was uh, I was one of people who was very upset when Heck um, broke up because they were one of my favourite bands to go see, um, tear it up. And when I saw they opened, they played the, I don't know where they opened up, sorry, but they played the main stage um, at 2000 Trees in 2016. And it was definitely one of those moments where like, oh, you can actually play festivals and you can yeah. create chaos in a... Um, a field where there are no bars to walk on and um, pilfer of all their drink. Um, <laughs> and it was also where um, Matt Reynolds jumped down from the stage and broke his foot. Oh, um, fucking hell. Yeah, so I think this will be his first time back on the main stage at 2003 since that happened, so I'm sure he's got a uh, a score to settle with that stage. Yeah. Um, but He's going to ha- kick that stage to pieces before but, any other band can play on it. Exactly, but Hagrid Cat are um, a totally different beast. Um, it's um, for those of you who don't know, it's Matt, the um, guitar- one of the guitarists and singers, and um, Tom, the drummer of Heck, and um, they are so much more on the big um, rift two-piece approach, and um, it's got a lot in common with um, Queens of the Stone Age in terms of dynamics, and mm. uh, it rules. It rules. Okay. And, um, I haven't given the album enough time yet. Um, I think I need to give it a lot more time look before up 2003. The song, look up the song Bone Shaker. And if right. that doesn't get you in the mood um, for Saturday, 14th of July, I don't know what will. Well, we're going to do a little Spotify playlist, I think, of all the bands we've talked about today. So Bone Shaker is the track to check out, is it? Definitely. I mean, I would open with that, personally, because Go Big or Go Home, but... Right, okay. <laughs> well, the other bands I wanted to shout out, um, I, uh, I mentioned them earlier, I want to give a quick shout out to Muskets. 
um, you know, friends of the podcast. They've been on here before, really mm-hmm. early into the podcast life, and uh, I haven't seen them yet with um, since their lineup change uh, or uh, since they put out the album, uh, which makes me uh, I, I, the amount of times I've said that so far makes me sound like I don't go to gigs at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing Muskets. Um, in their sort of in their newest incarnation um it, again if you like bands like muskets and bloody knees uh, i have to recommend gender roles uh recently signed to big scary monsters big fuzzed up uh indie punk rock choruses um in a in a similar vein to those bands that i recommended earlier um funeral shakes again you know podcast alumni I did get that uh, I, did, shakes. I did think that when I saw nervous on the bill I was like oh where are funeral shakes oh there they are yeah 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 um, I don't think M. I, Foster actually sleeps no no doesn't at all no um, it's uh, wonderful sort of catchy rock and roll I, I know they look at a lot of comparisons to Rocket from the Crypt and bands like the Hives as well um, uh, but um I, I think they're also aesthetically awesome with the matching uniforms on stage. I, I had an absolute blast watching them at uh, Teddy Rocks Festival earlier this year. Um, uh, for a session that I want to shout out, also Sean McGowan. Um, he's part of that Extra Mile Records uh, it's scene. It's a big day of, for Extra of Mile. Sort of folky punky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Uh, you know, he put out an album this year, Son of the Smith, which is fantastic. And he happens to uh, work behind the bar of my favourite venue, the Southampton Joiners. So it'll oh, be nice well, seeing yeah. him play to to a forest. Um, and he's and he's gotten he's gotten a lot of sort of he's gotten out there through a lot of word of mouth. So I'd like to think that a lot of people turn up to his forest set. Um, you've already mentioned Haggard Cat, uh, and that's uh, that's your lot for Saturday in terms of my recommendations. Well, so, if I, if uh, I might quickly, was... if I might quickly throw in a couple of names just for Saturday that you should go check out, um, Gallops. Oh, sorry, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Gallops, who are oh, going right, to be okay. headlining the Noise Stage. Who, if you're a fan of Nine Inch Nails and just like really sort of um, grimy, dark. Um, electro stuff then i thoroughly um, recommend it interesting i mean they've got um they have a um it's a good thing that their logo isn't on the poster because they have a logo so obtuse that they should be a black metal band um but um but other than that just imagine kind of like a club that would exist in the world that blade runner is set in like the year and that's kind of what the music sounds like and it's Pre- wow, Jesus Christ, that sounds intense. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool. Um, Dream States, Dream State have been making like huge waves, and they've got like massive amounts of energy. So, and I haven't managed to check them out live yet. So, I'm... I saw them at uh, Teddy Rock's festival and was very impressed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm totally on board with that. And um, what and what award did they just win, James? Well, I wasn't going to go there, but. Um... They did win Best New British Band at the Kerrang Awards 2018, and they were thoroughly happy. Oh, well, I think I think they deserve it. I think they're really going to go places. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was a really nice moment. I mean, not to get too gushy about it, but um, you know, they you could tell they were visibly overwhelmed, and rather than you know going round and like shaking hands with loads of people in the room they were um, hugging each other and evidently really overwhelmed so it was nice to see and it certainly makes me want to root for them and the last um, band I should say you should go check out is Queen Kwong um, if you like 
Nasty Grooves at 4pm, then go check out Queen Kwong with Carrie Calloway. It'll be good fun. And I think that's probably as much lyrical as we should be waxing, if I could possibly make that sound any worse. Um, well, we have gone for on for an hour and three quarters so I think that would probably be a good place to wrap up our comprehensive guide to the uh, best of the 2000 trees lineup this year um, once again if you haven't bought your ticket yet it's at Upcoat Farm near Cheltenham uh, from the 12th to the 14th of July, tickets aren't that expensive I don't have a full list of prices in front of me but it is genuinely a brilliant uh, vibe of a festival and the lineup is great this year as we have extensively explained over the course of this podcast, James if you could pick one band that you're looking for to see most this year who would it be and why is it Mallory Knox (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) yeah you 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 hit hit the nail on the head um no well I might have said Turnstar but as I've already said I'm gonna see them the day before so I feel that's a bit unfair Um, if you drop any spoilers on me I will I will I will make sure that I hit you extra hard when I tackle you to the ground. <laughs> it's, it's like, what, they were good? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know what, probably the Dirty Nil. Right, probably yeah. Probably the Dirty Nil. Uh, I'm going to be fully primed for it. I haven't seen them live yet, and uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Fair enough. I think I would have sided with you on Turnstile you? there. Turnstile, for me, absolutely going to be yeah. a big highlight for me, having never seen them before. And uh, also Arcane Roots. I'm very excited to see them uh, sort of post-Melancholia hymns release. Um, so I'll be there this year, uh, as you may have guessed. Uh, I'll hopefully be recording a bunch of stuff with some of the bands that we've mentioned today. So keep an ear and an eye out for me. If you if you see me, come and give me a high five or, you know, buy me a beer, or do both. You can find me at the Silent Disco both nights, uh, screaming along to Beaten Hearts Baby by Head Automatica at the top of my lungs. Um, I've never done a Silent Disco. Oh, well, 2003 is the the best place to start when it comes to the Silent Disco. All the mid-noughties emo feels. You just shuddered. You just shuddered a bit. Yeah, I'm going to have absolutely no voice by the end of this week. I can feel already. (laughs) Well, I thank I thank you very much for being a part of this, uh, James. And I I very much hope to get my revenge by tackling you to the ground while we sing our hearts out to the dirty nail. Where's the revenge? Like you know, it's it was it was a very loving, tender embrace, as far as I remember. It it. was absolutely yeah, and it and it, it was a nice prelude to the can funeral that we held. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was such a, a, yeah. a we we essentially I was trying to explain this to a friend the other day about how we held a full funeral procession for a crushed beer can on the floor well it wasn't it wasn't like we had pole bearers and everything but it's definitely yeah. um, an in joke that probably doesn't need explaining no no absolutely but that's the point of podcasts isn't it Oh yeah, I forget that. I forget that. <laughs> well, no, thank you very much for listening to episode 24 of the Bitch and Brew podcast. Uh, I'll be back next week with another huge guest uh, whom I recorded an episode with backstage at Teddy Rocks Festival. Um, I can't wait to tell you more about that, so find out who that guest is uh, by going to like Bitch and Brew on Facebook, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, all the links are in the bio, as are the links to subscribe to Bitch and Brew, either on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Acast. Uh, James, say bye-bye to all the boys and girls. Bye-bye, boys and girls. 
<laughs> Thanks for being a part of this, mate. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening to Bitch and Brew podcast. We're out of here. <laughs>